to the sanctuary. We're so glad to have our guest with us today. We're so honored to have uh, uh, Brother Jonathan and Sister Ashley LeBou with us today. And uh, she's going to be speaking in the second service. You won't want to miss that. It should be phenomenal. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day. What a wonderful, wonderful day for Mother's Day. You know, I think sometimes they, they check the, they check the <coughs> listing and see what the temperature is and everything before they schedule a Mother's Day. And so uh, they did this one right. And so, <clears throat> um, you know, they, they say that, that preaching is to the heart and teaching is to the intellect or the mind. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a lesson today, but I want to speak to your heart. Just the, in the Bible study Wednesday night, I was totally blown away. Um, I asked how many had been convicted lately. And I figured no hands would raise. And I was just totally astounded that the vast majority in this place, hands were raised. And I, <clears throat> if there is ever a sign that God is moving and working, I believe that that's a sign that God is moving and working. Now we must make sure that the process is successful. How do we make sure of that? We change. Amen. When we're convicted, we, we change. Often as I'm reading God's Word, uh, I come across something that catches my attention and, and arouses my curiosity. And, uh, and then I, I just, I have to dig and I have to look at it a little bit. And, and this lesson I want to bring to you is, is, you know, one of those places of Scripture that, that just really caused me to look at it. But at the same time that there was a different twist this time because God just spoke to me these three words, this sentence. And he spoke the process of time. So I remembered <clears throat> that, uh, and I, I looked in Genesis, and then I began to search, and I, I think it's there several, several times throughout the Word of God. But I want to turn to Genesis chapter 4 and read from verse number 3. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3. Notice. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4, and Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if not, sin lieth at the door. And to, and to these shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Thank you. You can be seated. <clears throat> if you'll uh, pardon me today, my throat's kind of, kind of scratchy, and I'm and, but uh, I know the Lord is going to be with us this day. The Bible is such an, a neat book. It is 
so transparent. You know, it, it, it lists the good things and it lists the bad things. It mentions something briefly and then many times move on, detailing cer certain things, but in other things, not really detailing it. And it's a matter of fact. It's, it's a no-nonsense book. And sometimes other scriptures may illuminate something, but it's, it's, it's really cool that, that it doesn't pull any punches. If, if somebody did something, it's plainly there for everybody to see. It doesn't try to cover up. It doesn't try to hide. It doesn't try to push a certain kind of narrative. It's just there. It's just open for everybody to see. But sometimes we're required to dig to find an explanation. Let's look at the sentence closely. In the process of time. In the process of time. Think about that for just a moment. In the process of time. Okay, let's, let's do a little background on this. <clears throat> we, we understand the story. All of us are familiar with this. Adam and Eve are kicked out of the Garden of Eden because they disobeyed God and uh, they took of the forbidden fruit. So the, the first animals were sacrificed for their clothing. And God placed an angel with a, with a, a flaming sword at the east end of the garden to guard the tree of life. And, and so they're kicked out of the garden. There's an angel at the east end guarding the tree of life. The scripture says... He turns every which way guarding that. And, and evidently, we understand from this reading that, that God had instructed Adam in sacrifice. And all sin must be covered by the blood. And Hebrews tell us that the, the sins were rolled ahead. We understand through reading of the Word of God that the, that the sins were rolled ahead. But in chapter 4, verse 3, it tells us Cain and Abel brought a sacrifice to the Lord. So where did they bring the sacrifice to? It says they brought. That would insinuate that they took it somewhere. They brought a sacrifice to the Lord. There are many scholars that, that believe that they came to the entrance of, of the garden where the angel was. And then the Shekinah of the, um, you know, of the divine majesty of, of God appeared in, in some remarkable manner. And uh, there was something noteworthy that happened when the, when the offering was accepted. Most likely, it's, it's my thought that most likely, fire came down from heaven. Now, I'm just throwing some stuff out there today. My <clears throat> dad used to say uh, this old thing. I would, I would say something. He'd say, son, give me a Bible for that. Uh, well, it's there. All right, give me a Bible for it. Well, I remember, I remember one time he said that, and I just knew I was right. Didn't get it. And years later, I discovered I was right. <clears throat> I found the scripture. But uh, so you better be ready to have the Bible for it. You better be ready to have the scripture. And so, so, we understand that, that something remarkable happened, something, something that, that took place. There was something so noteworthy that, that happened when an offering was accepted. And, 
And when Moses completed the temple, fire came down from heaven and consumed that first sacrifice. Remember that? You remember Elijah on, on Mount Carmel calling fire down from heaven uh, to consume the sacrifice? However it was, whatever it was, it was a big deal. Everybody knew, everyone knew that, that this sacrifice was accepted and that sacrifice was not accepted. And look at, look at Cain for just a moment. He's furious. He's boiling. He, he just, he just, he is so upset and he is so mad because Abel had brought, had offered a blood sacrifice of the first fruits of his flock. And Cain had brought the fruit of the ground and, and he had put it up so nicely upon the altar and he had, he had placed it there and, and man, it just, it seemed like that this would be so cool. You know, now I've got something a little different to offer to God. I've got something powerful to offer to God. I've got something of myself that I'm going to offer to God. And so <clears throat> listen to the response from God. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation in Genesis 4 and 6 and 7, and you're going you're gonna to look at that from, uh, from the uh, King James in verse number 6. And so God says, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? Verse 7, You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Pretty heavy, isn't it? Watch out, God said. You've got to be very, very careful. Sin is crouching at the door. I speak to every one of us in this place. We must understand. We, we must not be naive. But sin is crouching at every door. And we've, we've got to watch. It's, this is what sin does. It controls us. It takes over. It makes the decision. And it controls. But the scripture says you must subdue it. You must be its master. And here's the gist of the lesson today. In the process of time. In the process called time. How long was it? There's some say that it was at the end of harvest. One commentary I, I looked at said it could have been from one to 130 years. We don't really know how long it was. One said a week, you know, at the end of the seven days. I think it was a long time, personally, from, from what it is. I think it, I think it was a while. <clears throat> we know that, that Cain knew what to do. We know that Cain was instructed just like Abel was. He knew, he knew every nuance of, of, uh, of what was expected. He knew everything. He was, he was well prepared, just like Abel. And so he knew what would be ex expected, what God expected of him. But what changed that? Think about that just for a moment. What changed in Cain's life? 
What changed his thought pattern? Time has a way of eroding values and changing beliefs when you're not fully engaged. You know, <clears throat> I've had this conversation several times in, in pastoring. I've had people that I've talked to, and, and, and I said, uh, I would say something like, you know, uh, not seeing you here lately. You know, what's, what's uh, you know, it's, you know I've, it's been a long, long time, been almost a year. Uh, and the first thing they would answer me is this, I'm not backslid. When you have to say that, I'll let you figure it out. Process of time. You know, it is said that time heals all wounds. But also time does something else. Look at Eli. He should have restrained his sons, the word of God tells us. He was warned. Man of God came and warned him of what was going on and what was happening. Why, did, why didn't he do it? Could it be the process of time? You know, I'm kind of weary with it. What's the use? Does it even matter? Hear what the scripture would speak to us today. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due time you shall reap. What? If you faint not. The process called time. You know, <clears throat> look, at, look at, at Solomon. Everything was going his way. All you have to do is look at, look at Asaph's uh, uh, writings and, and Psalms. I, I believe it starts somewhere around 73 or, or something. And, and chapter 73 is an incredible psalm. And, and he's talking about uh, all the things, and, and he, he de details it, how good it is, and, and what uh, incredible things are going on. And he says, surely God is good to Israel. And he goes through, he goes through all of this stuff. And, and man, during Solomon days, man, it is firing on all cylinders. God has tremendously blessed the children of Israel. They're doing well. Almost, they, they control almost the then known world at that time. And, uh, and, and they are so blessed of God. And then suddenly you see things changing a little bit. What was that? The process of time. Then you, then you see, as, as he declares it, that, that he loved the Lord. And, and he, Solomon prayed the right things. And God spoke to him, said, you can have anything you want. What do you want, Solomon? And Solomon, you know, the story said the right thing. Let me learn how to come in and go out before you. Let me be able to judge your people rightly and fairly. But what went wrong? What happened? What took place? It's called the process of time. You see... Solomon was in a, in a great spot. But he began to allow excesses in his life. 
With each new wife from abroad also came her God and her idols. He would build a temple. God got very angry with Solomon. You say, well, you know, okay, I, I understand that, so how does that apply to me? You know, <clears throat> I've only got one wife, hopefully. And uh, how, how, is that, how is that applicable in my life? I don't, I'm not building a temple for, for another false god. And yet we allow things, excesses in our life. We allow certain things to control us. We allow the, the social stuff of the day to control us. We begin to take it a little bit easy. Let me give you, let me give you uh, um, this word. Let's, let's focus on, on the word process. Uh, Strong's concordance really uh, doesn't give process a definitive answer. It just, it somehow doesn't, doesn't just really uh, come out definite on, on what it really means. But a couple of translations call it the course of time. But Cambridge Dictionary makes it easy for us to understand. Let's, let's listen to it just a moment. Cambridge Dictionary says it's a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. A series of changes that happen naturally. A series of changes that begin to happen naturally. Don't even know it's happening. Not even aware that it's taking place. The process of time. One of the most important things that we must guard is our worship to God. We must make sure it's to God and to not other things. We can become involved in, in other things and, and where, uh, where other, other things can, uh, can be our God. Our times of enjoyment can become our God. Our, <clears throat> our music can become our God. Uh, we, can, we can look to other things and, and, and our focus and, and our future can retract from God as we begin to look to these other things and we can't let time erode our relationship with Jesus Christ. We must make sure that our worship is focused on Jesus Christ. We must guard against disappointment. We must guard against discouragement that could drive a web, uh, you know, a, just a, a wedge between us and God. We must, we must guard these things. We must guard our relationship with God, with everything that we have. Folks, I don't know if you're really aware of it, but we are on the verge of the coming of the Lord. Things are happening. If you've listened in or watched the, the news in the last week and, and the, uh, the aircraft carriers going toward Iran and the ships and, and all of the stuff and North Korea and all of this kind of stuff 
uh, just, we are in the last days, folks. And, and we must guard against being cold. One of the things that causes God to spew us out of his mouth is being lukewarm. <clears throat> you know, we maybe cry out to God, Jesus, where are you? Like Mary and Martha, you should have been here. God, if you'd have been here, this would have not have happened. But it's the process called time. Relax. Just take it easy. Kick back a little bit. I still feel God. You know, God, God's still around. That's never the question, folks. Here's the question. Has the process eroded your confidence and faith in God? Has the process changed you? I need to be, I need to be so on fire for the Lord. Here in the last few days, it, it just seems like that the Lord is, is just moving so incredibly. It seems like the Lord is making himself uh, known to us. It seems like the Lord is speaking to us more than, than, than ever before. And we must hear the voice of the Lord God. We must be pushed and moved by a pastor. We must be challenged by the Word of God. Is the Word of God challenging you? Is the Word of God speaking to you? Is the Word of God convicting you? And so, not only conviction, and I mentioned, I think, Wednesday night, I'm tired of being stirred and not being changed, an old song, where the Word of God moves upon us, where conviction comes in our life, where the presence of God touches, our, touches us in a, in a mighty, in a compelling way. Let me ask you this question. Have you quit pushing yourself toward God? What do you mean by that? <clears throat> Have you stepped back a little bit and not kind of a little bit lax on your reading of the Word, a little bit lax on study of the Word, stepped back from prayer and stepped back from being involved in, in, in the church and involved in the, in the Word of God? Have convictions and commitments slowly been silenced? Listen, I'm not here to put anybody on a guilt trip. I'm not here to condemn you. As your pastor, I'm here to push us toward the presence of God. God's got something incredible for you. God's got something wonderful for you. I, you know, I, I remember stories... Hundreds of stories I remember over and over 
of stories that 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 I've used in the past, and I remember I remember there was a there was a story that I heard uh, a few years ago of a guy that that uh, <clears throat> had just kind of had it up to here, and he he was so upset that they didn't give him a raise, and uh, he was and this was this was several years ago, and so uh, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I, I think I do, and so <clears throat> so. Uh, he, had, he, he finally decided, I'm just going to quit. They're, they, they're not thankful. They, they don't appreciate anything I do. I'm, I'm just going to quit. And so he walked in, and he said, uh, I'm tired of this place. I'm tired of this mess. Forget it. He said, I'm gone. I'm out of here. I quit. And it just happened later that afternoon that uh, a $10,000 bonus came across in his name. And the secretary said, what do we do with this? He said, send it back. Quit just right before something. You know, you know that's, that's happened over and over where people give up, where people quit, where people step back just before God does something very, very, Incredible. I talked to uh, Brother Steve Roston yesterday, and he told me a story about, about Brother Dean had, had preached a message evidently in, uh, in uh, Bentonville, or he went, to, uh, he went to Louisiana, preached for Brother Jeff Roston, and, uh, and he, he told me that, that the message that, that he preached, that he told the story about a, about a guy that, that every day, every time he came to the house of the Lord, he'd come down for prayer. God, would you heal me? God, would you heal me? He said it went over and over and over. Several, a, a few years went by, and every time he came down for prayer. And he said one, one Sunday, I, I believe it was one Sunday morning, he said, you know what? I'm not going to mess with it today. You know, I'm just, I'm just not going to go up there. And he said, he sat there and finally kind of got a little bit convicted. And he said, well, I guess I'll go up. He went up and God healed him that day. Why, why does God, why does the devil not want you to do something? Why would the, would the devil put a roadblock in front of you? It's for a reason. He knows you're about to receive something from God. So in this day, in the process of time, in, in, the, in the time period of your life, in the things that are going on of your life, and, and many times people have stuff that goes on and, and things begin to happen and difficulties arise in families. But I'm here to tell you today that God is your answer, that God is your help. God is the one that can help you and, and bring you through this. Hallelujah. So... When we allow commitments and convictions to be slowly silenced, if that is allowed to happen, it will be just a matter of time until things or beliefs that used to be priceless to you will now become cheap. Process. In the process of time. Look at that. Look at that very closely. Think about that. For just a minute. In the process of time, 
Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Cain brought an offering of something different than what he should have. You know, everything we hear today is reality. Virtual reality, reality TV, um, everybody uses it. Everything you do, every part of your life includes that little word, reality. <clears throat> and then they also use the other word and they say, well, it's a process. Cain, what were you thinking? What were you doing? How could you get to this point in your life? How could you get to this place? What caused you to change? How on earth did you fail or fall? You see, it's the same process that engulfs us all. The process in the reality TV shows. It's orchestrated. It's planned. Every, every detail is planned. But then the response will be different, and the response will, will provoke some neat little thing that, that happens in that. Every ball game is a process. In baseball, it's nine innings, unless it's tied. In football, four quarters. It's a process that you go through. Every contest of any kind involves a process. Even the race. We were, <clears throat> we were in, uh, in uh, Callahan's last night having dinner. And man, folks, I'm telling you, Siloam was packed last night at Callahan's. 45-minute wait. If I'd have known that, we wouldn't have been at Callahan's, believe you me. <clears throat> but they had the, the uh, SEC championship was in, uh, in Fayetteville yesterday, and evidently motels were full all across uh, northwest Arkansas. And uh, it reminded me they were, they were doing all sorts of uh, contests, the javelin, the, the, uh, doing different sorts of races and the 400 and, and the 800 and, and different, different things uh, that, that they were doing. And so in, in every race, everything, there's a, there's a process uh, when I, I remember I used to, to run, and they, they called them different then, that, but I, I ran in track, and I, and I remember that uh, when, when at certain uh, times that you had to pace yourself a certain way, and, and if you extended too much, there was a process to win that race. But Apostle Paul lets us know that it's the same in the kingdom of God. He likens it to a race, not to the fastest, the strongest, not the most talented, but he says, he that endureth to the end. The process. Listen very carefully. The process. The process determines the winners and the losers. It's the process of where you use that process 
to the best of your ability. In the process of time, Cain let his thoughts overrule what God said. In the process of time, Cain began to change a little bit. Maybe he hadn't been before the Lord for a little while. He began to look at things a little bit differently. You know, Jesus, when he was teaching and preaching and talking to his apostles and preparing them for what would come, the, the Word of God one time said he constrained them to get in a ship to go over to the other side. Well, he pushed them. He basically forced them to get in the ship. They didn't want to go. Why? Because they knew it was a storm coming. They knew it was going to be dangerous out there on the Sea of Galilee. He forced them into the storm. Sometimes the process for us is God takes us into the storm, forces us into the storm because there's something incredible going to happen for us. You see, let, let, me, let me say that one more time. The process determines the winners and the losers. It's the process. In the process of time, Cain allowed certain things to destroy his life. You know, a few hundred years later, if he would have done what he did, he would have been executed immediately. But instead, Cain's had a mark on him. Everybody sees the mark. Nobody touches him. But yet it's probably worse than the other. I want to close with, with this scripture. I read it Wednesday night. I want to read it again to us. Matthew 13 and 44. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. The kingdom is like a treasure hid in a field. A man goes and as he's searching, he finds that treasure. He's be very carefully doesn't tell any, anybody about it. And he goes and he sells everything that he has, even things valuable to him. He sells them. Why? Because of the treasure. He wants that treasure. And Jesus likens that to the kingdom of God. In fact, he says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In the process of time, there's things that, that you're facing. There's difficulties that you're going through. There's stuff and junk that you have to face and you have to go through. But the process of time will reveal the winners and it will show the losers. What's the losers? No talent, no strength. The losers are those that let the process destroy them. They're the ones that let the process begin to 
move them where they, what's the use? Why should I worry? Why should I push? Come on, hear, hear me this day. It's time for us to push like never before. It's time for us to push in our relationship with God. It's time for us to go forward like we've never gone forward before. You can be fearful of the things ahead. You can, you can be uh, extremely fearful and afraid of what you're facing. That doesn't matter. If God be for us, who can be against us? When we begin to understand that greater things than these shall you do, Jesus said, you'll do. Because I go to my Father. Shall we stand? In this process of time, I ask you, as we begin to evaluate our lives, as we ask the Lord God to speak to us and to minister to us and let his word abide in our hearts, could we pray, Lord Jesus, God,